notion that they are, A, on the one hand, kleptomaniacs and have as a raison d'etre the need to get out and steal, steal, steal. But on the other hand, they're agoraphobics and are afraid to go out and steal, steal, steal. And you think, oh, what a great double bind. And the person beginning to answer this essay question in gender-neutral terms is starting to write about mail fraud and you just rub your hands together and say, this is the kind of delicious complexity and comedy the book is capable of. But why the double binds? I think it's hard to talk smartly about it. It seems to me that most of the stuff in my own life and in my friend's life that's interesting and true um, involves involves double binds or setups setups where you're given two alternatives, um, each which are mutually exclusive, and the sacrifices involved in either seem unacceptable. I mean, I mean one of the, one of the big ones is um, the culture places a huge premium on achievement. I mean, I went to like this real hoity-toity college, and as you know, and everybody's like now I'm a millionaire on Wall Street. Anyway. How both how both to work hard enough and invest enough of yourself really to achieve something and yet retain the sort of integrity so that you've got a self apart from your achievement. I mean, even something as banal as, you know, the modern woman can have it all. She can have a family and a deep, fulfilling relationship with her children while being, you know, a CEO of a successful company. I mean, it's as if the culture it's as if the culture is some Zen teacher, you know, whacking us no matter what we do. It's very interesting. Um, I'm not really quite sure why we set it up that way. I'm also, I got to tell you, I'm worried these answers are just sounding totally insane. They're great questions, but it just seems to me like a lot of this is stuff that we could talk about for three hours. Well, the pleasure about the book, Infinite Chess, is that it does feel like a book that invites the beginning of a conversation, that the book is long enough, involved enough, rich enough, deep enough, and f- moving enough to begin to feel like a dialogue, that you could go back and talk to the book in the form of reading it again, because I, I, I did. I, I'm, I'm halfway through it a second time, and of course the second time round, you know things that you couldn't have known the first time through, and so the book is like getting to know someone well. That... that I mean, yeah, it's it's designed to be a book. I mean, this is probably a little pretentious to write a book this long and have it be designed to be read more than once. That, for me, wasn't the thing that was really hard and really scary. The really hard and really scary thing was trying to make it fun enough so somebody would want to. And and also, and how to have it be fun without having it be reductive or pandering or <laughs> get co-opted by the very principles of commercialism and, you know, like me, like me, like me that, that, that the book is partly about. And that stuff was, a, was real migraine-producing. I've been speaking to David Foster Wallace on the occasion of the publication of Infinite Jazz. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. My associate producer is Melinda Siegel. The engineer today is Scott Fritz. I'm Michael Silverblatt. Join me again next week on Bookworm.